welcome. You've got mail. Everyone, welcome to TechStream. Come on, I know it. You missed us. You wondered where we were. I know I missed it. I missed putting the show together. That was very, very strange. I kept getting reminders about things that we were talking about. I'm Seth Everett. He's Shelly Palmer. Shelly, it's good to have you back, buddy. It's great to be back. We're we're zeroing in on episode 100, getting close. That's right. Yeah, three digits. Can you believe it? That's crazy. Well, you know what? So what what did your reminders remind you that we should talk about? Well, it was very funny. When we didn't have an episode last week, and I saw a bunch of stuff on social media about Apple announcing a new iPhone that was yellow. Yeah. Do you remember that episode about how Apple markets <laughs> their, their tech, not based on substance and, and stuff, on yellow? By the way, color <laughs> is so important. Actually, I'm completely full of it. Do you color- remember when their new MacBooks were, were purple? <laughs> Color is a three-day thing in the car industry. I bet it's less in the computer industry. And then I saw, and then I saw Marvel uh, came out and said, uh, Bob Iger, the CEO of Disney, came out and said, uh, "Why does every superhero have to have three or four movies?" I said, "Didn't Shelley Palmer say that once?" Hmm. I tell you what, <laughs> I've been asking myself that question for a long, long time, but. You know, that's the world we live in. Franchise, 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 franchise. I can't wait to see the Everything Everywhere All at Once franchise open up. And now we're going to have, you know, alternate universes for alternate universes that have alternate universes. It'll be amazing. Really fantastic. Uh, Meanwhile, uh, the other thing that reminds me of TechStream is every time we ever talk about anything that has anything connected to tech and crypto, it's bad, bad news, including Silicon Valley Bank. You know, Seth, Silicon Valley Bank, SVB, definitely had a rough week last week. But the, uh-huh. gover- <laughs> but the government came to the, and by the way, so did every depositor, but the government came to the rescue and Secretary of Treasury Janet Yellen and the Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell and the FDIC, for those of you who don't know that, that's the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, the nice people who insure your bank deposits up to a certain amount, depending on the bank, from 100000 to 250000 in some cases 500000 Um, They all turned around and said, guess what? We're going to guarantee that the depositors are going to get their money back. Now, that's good for the depositors, like you know, you and me and other people who put money in the bank. Not so great for the shareholders of the bank. The shares of, of, of right. SVB are down quite a bit. Um, Signature Bank failed over the weekend. Um, it was a stock prices for a lot of financial institutions have come way down first republic bank the san francisco bank bank uh, yeah i mean look the difference is first republic uh is is an incredibly well-run bank and they're just being brought under fire because the whole industry is coming under fire but i don't think anyone's safe you know once the market goes crazy silicon valley bank was a victim of a run on the bank Good old fashioned run on the bank. Everybody stops believing. It's like, hey Seth, did you hear? They might not, you just, know, your money might not be. I mean, everybody runs just think, their money. Think out. it's a wonderful life. That that's the visual. That's that's Pretty exactly much. the visual that happened. And and it was no more complicated than that. Once you, once you stop believing, 
once people stop believing that their money's safe, then their money is, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Money's not safe. The good news is that the depositors are being covered. And there's a lot of different stories being told uh, as we're recording this with respect to who's actually paying and how it's getting paid and whether taxpayer money's involved or not. Uh, most of what I'm reading is that this will not be taxpayer money. Most of what I'm reading about is that there are systems the in FDIC place. FDIC insurance fund, unlike the 2008 bailout when they had, uh, it, it was all you know, born by the taxpayer, which led to the housing crisis, which, you know, 2008 was a disaster financially. This they're trying to nip in the bud. And I don't want to make this show a show about the inner workings of finance, because I don't believe TechStream listeners are that interested. No, and that's not why we brought it up. Us talk about finance. But at the end of the day, I think everyone who analyzes this, history will analyze this as the Fed raising interest rates the way they did and bonds being so uh, in, inefficient as investment vehicles uh, as they were earlier during the pandemic when people were buying bonds that are paying a, a point, point and a half. And all of a sudden you've got, you know, bonds that are paying three and 4%. You can't like, yeah, if you hold them to maturity, you're going to get your money back, but who can hold them to maturity? It just, everything was out of whack. And I think if you're very interested in this, a, we're not the guys you want to be listening to about it for. No. But, and B, there are really, really all kinds of pundits who are going to, you know, just make up stories for you to listen to. We won't do that. So we're not going to make up any stories here at TechStream. We're simply going to say that it's wonderful. No, we don't that, have any footage that we can doctor. <laughs> we're just going to say it's wonderful that SVB uh, depositors are going to be made whole and that signature bank depositors are going to be made whole. These are a lot of our friends and a lot of the companies we work with. Uh, both of those banks specialized in startups and tech companies and companies that are in and around the area that we cover. And I have to tell you, it was it was no fun whatsoever to, on a human level, to be listening to the stories. There were companies that were afraid that they weren't going to be able to make payroll. One of the companies that we work with, they had to go out uh, and try and secure last week a bridge loan just to get their payroll covered because their accounts were frozen. There was only $250,000 going to be available um, after the weekend. Well, but without prying, without prying, are they startup companies or are these well-established companies? In this case, because both. That's the thing. The, the thing that both. you've been hearing is that this is where this all came about. Internet startups and crypto startups and anything that is tech-centric. So the thing with SVB, first of all, the bank's been around 40 years. And full disclosure, we have a lot of companies that we work with at Bank there. And uh, the people there are are really wonderful and a pleasure to deal with. And the thing that's interesting about SVB or was interesting because the bank is no longer in business, as it, at least not in the shape that it was, a startup or a young company or a company that was growing could go to SVB and the bankers understood a couple of things that were really important, Seth. They knew you were an entrepreneur. They knew that you had lumpy income, right? That like one week you could get a big customer that would give you like a half a million dollars. And then you might not have another customer for three months or four months as you're trying to do your proof of concept or you're trying to do your, your minimum viable uh, product and sell your MVP. So they were very good about um, helping you smooth out your cash flow. They were very good about helping you make payroll. 
it's a bank that if they liked what you were doing, would invest, maybe co-invest with some of your investors or turn you on to other investors. There were all these special deals that they would do. Um, I, I don't think I had two companies that I worked with that had the same relationship. There were all these very specialized deals with okay. specialized interest rates and what have you. I don't think another bank could buy those relationships. You know what I mean? It's like, it's not like you're buying a book of, of, of with a file cabinet full of loans and all the loans look like, ah, oh, everybody's getting X percent and that's what it is. And buy this book of loans. The bank didn't work that way. That's what made it magical. You could go into SVB and make your case and they would help. They also had these um, wonderful like meetups, SVB meetups all over the place. Like you, I've been to dozens of them over the years where after work, some representative of the bank would be at a WeWork or something, and they'd be giving you, if you were an SVB customer, you'd be getting discounts on your WeWork rental. You'd be getting discounts on uh, various software that you might need to run your business, payment rails or or uh, some other kind, something. They would have some deal with some company that had a utility you as a founder of a business would find very useful and interesting. So this is a big loss. It's a big loss because there isn't another bank that I'm aware of where the bankers themselves really understood what it is to start a company in the tech space. I'm sure there are banks that specialize in other areas, but SVB was for the last 40 years, that's where you went. So this is a big loss fiscally. I mean, it's a big loss, you know, from a, as a source of finance, but it's also a big loss psychologically where the people who were great at understanding how a business gets started, um, you know, they're, I don't think that the federal government, when they take stuff over, has a whole lot of respect for stuff that's not dollars and cents. Well, like we said, you know, from a tech standpoint, there's so many people that are connected to this, and we thought it was a, a major thing. Um, hopefully, like I, all I've asked for is when it comes to anything that is connected to tech and finance, all we want is positive news. And in the two years that we have done this show, we never had one. We've never done an episode where we've said, yeah, you know what? This is a great thing. Never. Yeah. And <laughs> it, it, it just, it's uncanny because we've only done this show and I've known you longer than that, but I've never seen it. And it, 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 it's incredible to me. We have had a run of very difficult times. The pandemic, I don't need to tell anybody about. Certainly, the interest rate changes have been good for some and bad for others. We also have this weird psychology, Seth, and I don't know if you felt it, but I've certainly seen it. First, it was this idea that everybody was going to quiet, quit, and the remote workers were going to, you know, people wanted us to just stay working remotely. And if they couldn't get what they wanted, they weren't going to work at all. And then there was this idea of laying flat where people were sort of just working as much as they needed to, but no more. They wouldn't work one more minute than they needed to work in order to get the money they needed to, to cover whatever it is they were covering. And now the tables have turned uh, quite a bit in that companies are laying off workers because of the financial stresses that the, the world is under right now. But you know what I haven't seen? I haven't seen a lot of changes in sociological attitudes, those who feel like they have the right to just not work if they don't feel like it right, aren't working. Here's the part I don't understand. And if you're listening to TechStream right now, it's at TechStream. That's our Twitter handle. Please feel free to reach out and tell me or Seth that we're geniuses or morons on this one. 
where is everybody getting the money? Everything is more expensive now than it's ever been. I, I, you walk outside, you go to buy a hot dog from a street vendor, it's twice what it used to be. Like, it doesn't matter what you're going to buy. It costs more money. And people How good are, is a street vendor in Iowa? Yeah. <laughs> but, um, in, you know, I'm seeing people, restaurants are completely full. You go out at night, you have trouble getting it. If it's a decent restaurant, you have trouble. Even a, not not a great restaurant, not like a, you know, right. super. Malls great. are packed. There are people everywhere doing everything. And you talk to them, well, I'm not working. Well, what do you think about it? I don't know. I'll think about it when I get there. I mean, I can't do that. So how, what, I've, I just don't understand. So at TechStream, that's where you send your, that's where you tweet about this and tell us how it's possible that this many people have decided, yeah, I don't really feel like working. And yet everyone's got enough money to do everything with where, because I can't right. figure Spending that, is I, at an all-time high. Can we talk about something fun, super fun for a minute that has nothing to do with like failing banks and selling crypto at a loss? Could 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 I? Can we sure. Talk about what, what reminded you of TechStream? <laughs> well, that, by the way, the most uh, it, it did actually remind me of TechStream. Uh, there, there are two shows coming up that oh, I'm okay. two trade shows. I'm uh, going to oh, go to Not what I thought you were going to say. No, 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 no. Um, NAB 2023 is coming. And you know how we talk CES all the time, and I'm such a big fan of CES in every way. Sure. Now, both of these shows happen the same day. One is called The Possible Conference, and the other is NAB Show. But for the Possible Conference is for marketers, and and that's like a by marketers, for marketers. It's in Miami at the Fountain Blue, April 17th. The Fountain Blue. Fountain Blue. Love that place. That's a great it, place. Yeah, they redid it. It's really sweet down there. But the show I want to talk about, the most and i'm super excited about um although i am super excited about the possible conference from april 15th to the 19th in las vegas my home away from home Seriously. is is national association of broadcasters or nab show they just call uh -huh. it nab show now in the old days that show was about tv you'd go there if you were a station Right. engineer or station manager with your chief engineer and you'd go buy cameras and you'd go buy switchers and lights and Remote trucks, you know, all those trucks to see with the satellite antennas on top of them. And you go and buy them there. It's so funny. The whole parking lot in front of the convention center is filled with these trucks of every kind with antennas. It's always cool. Sure. But the show has evolved over the years into a show all about tech companies. Yeah. And streaming Amazons, they're Microsoft's, they're all the companies that support every level of streaming and podcasting. So everything that could ever think about with respect to audio podcasting and video podcasting, streaming of every kind, streaming shows, every single piece of software you could ever use. I am so excited about this. It's cool. You know, it's, it's going to be in person. Yeah, and yeah. it's different. You know, CES is about really is about consumer electronics. This has nothing to do with this. This is all about like pro and prosumer gear and that really fine line, you know, between now when when it used to be that gear was clearly a professional equi you know, equipment. Here's a $90,000 camera with a $50,000 lens on. It. It's like I'm not podcasting with that, but you, you're going to see like cameras from Sony there that are $700 that are in 4k and they do a decent job all the way up to $70,000 camera backs with $70,000 lenses on top of that. But I, it, I'm so stoked about, you know, the in-person part of that. Cause it, it was great to be back at CES 
So it's going to be pretty superior, you know, just a superior experience, I think. So anybody who's thinking about it, the tickets, uh, I don't think they're very expensive. In fact, they might be free if you're in the industry. It's an, it, it's the NAB show, the 15th to the 19th of April in Las Vegas. Um, I think uh, I think it's got a strange URL, like nabshow.com, not NAB. NAB is a lobbying organization for the broadcasters. So, you know, they also have like the FCC commissioners and stuff like that. Yeah. Like it's all- They complain like, a lot. Yeah, if you care about all of that stuff. They, you know, they have the, the uh, industry stuff, but the, nabshow.com is like where the show is. And if you're thinking about the show, that's, you know, if you think about gear and great gear and amazing gear, that that's going to be a, it's going to be a wonderful experience, I think. So anyway, that's see, fun stuff. Yeah. Did you see the, uh, the end of uh lat just last week was a podcast movement. Uh, that was, uh, that just concluded mm -hmm. and uh, a big thing with podcasts and th there needs to be a, a settled debate. And I, I think I just want to punch everybody who fights me on this. A YouTube show is not a podcast. A YouTube show can be a podcast. But if you do a YouTube show that's just on YouTube, it's not a podcast. <laughs> Semantics, but yes, no, it is not. It's my God. It's that's a stream. All they talk about. That's all they talk about. We all should be on video because you know, you oh, while I have a face for radio, you are a dashing young man. And we that's should right. absolutely we should absolutely be doing a podcast on YouTube just to make you blood boil. Just just, just to make my blood boil. <laughs> <laughs> And and people call it a podcast. They call they call it a podcast. By the way, even podcasts it was the what was the story? Adam Curry, right back in the day, podcasting has nothing to do with iPods and nothing to do with broadcast. It was just you know some word made up by Adam Curry. So podcast doesn't really mean anything. So to that level, if they wanted to call you know a trip to the moon a podcast, I guess they could. It just well, it's funny that you say that because when I you know I've told my story, my my podcast origin story. You know, I was working for Major League Baseball, and in 2003, uh, that company, MLB Advanced Media, was one of the first companies to take a, a streaming show, take a chunk of it, make it an MP3, and put it on this new device, the iPod. Yeah, it was and Bob Bowman, right? It was Bob, Bob Bowman, Bowman was our CEO, and day, I, yeah. I don't I don't take credit for creating it. I, I didn't create it, but it was my show that, that was created and we it was made into a thing and we were doing it for about nine to 12 months before we ever heard the word podcast. And my late partner, my late great partner, Daryl Hamilton, uh, he was obsessed with Seinfeld. And you remember the episode of Seinfeld when uh, Elaine was, uh, was hoarding all the, uh, the, 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 the birth control sponges. Yes, she, she would. She would say, you know, when she dated a guy, she would find out if he's sponge worthy. Remember that? Yes. So, so what would happen? You know, they they figured out very quickly that for bandwidth times in two thousand three, only a certain amount of minutes could make the 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 MP three that we were going to put out to make it user friendly. And MLB.com was great. They have instructions on how to place this MP three on your iPod. And I just thought it was cool because I could play it for my grandmother. And at the time, it was only like a third of one hour of our four-hour radio show. And so we would choose the best segments of the show. And Daryl, once we heard the word podcast, 
he would say the, the he would he would always wonder at the end of a good segment, hey, is this going to be on the podcast? Is this going to be the podcast? Mm-hmm. And callers would call up and they would always have, you know, how sports talk show callers are, you know, they always say the dumbest things, you know, so a guy would call up. Hey, I want to trade Derek Jeter to the Cincinnati Reds. And and Daryl would go, now, do you think that's podcast worthy? <laughs> You're not podcast worthy. And he would always say, and that's what we thought the word was for. We're like we thought the word was just a play thing. To think twenty years later we would still be using that word and doing a podcast is mind numbing. It's crazy to think. No titles stick. Titles definitely, definitely stick. Uh, is this podcast worthy? I don't know. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna find out if this if if Techstream is podcast worthy. You're gonna let me know. That's right. We'll find out. All right, we're back. And guess what? We'll have a new episode probably next week. We'll see you then. 